You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey guys, whoa, and our heads are really big. I forgot how podcasting works. It's been a couple weeks. Um, I've been sick. Super sick. Mike, I don't know if you've been getting sick. Everybody else oh, yeah. is getting sick. Uh, sick as fuck. Kids, kids got sick. Um, kids at uh, my kids' school got sick. Everybody's getting sick. and we're all I'm all sick of this Red Wing team. Yeah. Who's who's sick of this <laughs> bullshit recently? All right. Um, first of all, Chewy's in the chat. What's going Chewy. on, Chewy? Silver's aboard. What's going on, Silver? Silver. Uh, Jim Johnson. Absolutely. This is where we're gonna drive all the conversation. You cannot blow games like the Wings did with Columbus. And you the can if you want to miss the playoffs and have a right. terrible draft pick. <laughs> Uh, Sneezy Wheezy, he was aboard early. Uh, feeling negative about this team right now. Feels a lot like last year, except less kid friendly. Hmm. Hmm. I want. I want. Uh, I want some expansion on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want some expansion on the kid friendly part. Um. Matt, before we dive in, how the Sneezy Wheezy looking for an Edvinson sighting? Is that? Yeah, I don't know if he needs like uh, more youth on the team. I mean, we do have uh, the dancing bear, Bear Grin himself. That's pretty good. Hey, Dan got his book. Nice. Good to see. I always send that stuff out, and I'm terrified that you guys are never going to see it, and then, and then you'll lose trust in us. Um, but Mike, you wanted to. You were gonna before we got too deep in all the negative con conversation here. <laughs> you were going to uh... ask me a question. It sounded like. No, I um, I guess this week the Athletic was really pushing um an article about um the Lions crossing the 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 finish line from you know a maybe to hey these guys are going to contend for a division. Pretty good feelings, Matt. I'm uh, excited for everything off season related for that football team. Yeah, they have an offensive coordinator that probably turned down. We like have a desirable, yeah. yeah, desirable <laughs> yes, offensive yes. coordinator who uh, <laughs> we don't just employ one. We have one other teams want um, to like lead their whole team. But he said, no, I want to stay here. Um, I, I just the reason I brought that up is I know it's a completely different sport, but by God, I, I wish the Red Wings could have a turnaround that that seems that fast, where not only was it not just two seasons uh it was a season and a half and then in the second half of the second season everything kind of quickly accelerated um i thought you were gonna say it's astonishing that the detroit lions coaching position is desirable mm -hmm. like when was the last time that's ever been talked about i mean that that means if a coaching position is desirable It'll be a desirable location for free agents as well. So it uh, well, it's looking yeah. Up. I don't I don't know if uh, Lalone quite has that yet. I guess my question before we dive in completely is: 
do you think that this episode should be more small scale or like micro or macro, like about the future of this team? Because I mean, we can, we can be upset about a couple of rough losses in a row, but is it micro or macro that this, this current trend um, has you more concerned? Well, we'll get, let's get everybody's thoughts in the chat. Cause I think what you're asking is, is we're giving up the seasons. We're good. <laughs> right like okay we've seen enough hockey we are ready to get to the trade deadline and start seeing some future decision making right some some real decisions that are going to affect us long term right is is where you're headed because there's no point in us saying like yeah uh, i'm i would just say like i i know uh we got to hit the agenda here in a minute but just just to put that little worm of doubt in your brain the rumors are already coming in that teams are asking about larkin yeah, uh, it's it's something that we've hinted at all season. Um, I want to jump in the chat real quick just to say hi to some folks that uh, haven't been here, uh, or at least I felt like we haven't talked to in a while. Curtis, what's going on? Curtis is aboard. He's stealing Eric's gimmick. <laughs> God bless. Stealing, uh, yeah. Mencia here. Um, Jim throwing out there, I think Ned may come up from Grand Rapids. I got to tell you, uh, there isn't a lot that – you know, we're seeing from any of these goaltenders that's like, oh God, what if we lose them to waivers? Um, so yeah, let's let's swing yeah, these guys I, around. I'm totally Matt, cool. Jim, uh, I want to just real quick on that point too. Is um, Lalone was you know asked about last you know last night's game, how he felt about it, and uh, he he basically said two of those saves, you know, an NHL goalie should be ex expected to make. So uh, yeah, I, th I think you're right on the money that. I, I don't know. We we love Magnus. We love saying that name. We love the pads. But come on, man. You, you got to give us more reason to keep you around. Um, right. And I, I don't think last night was one of those reasons. Uh, Tristan's aboard. Tristan, Tristan. It has been a while. Um, he throws out there. He's already started looking at the draft. The top 20 of this year is loaded. Mike, I believe it's also time for us to start looking at the draft. Um, I think we're going to have uh, some weeks here where... Uh, you know, we'll come in and out, right? Like, we still want to see what's going on with this team. We want we have the trade deadline to come in. We still have, like, Dylan Larkin analysis. Who knows? What's, I mean, if we go through yeah, the trade I, deadline and we still have a Bertuzzi and a Dylan Larkin. So, I like, I, I like Tristan's idea. My only problem is that I, I thought that this year we'd be looking at the 10 through 20 prospects, not potentially looking at the 1 through 10 or one through five, my God, if these Larkin rumors, you know, start really, you know, gathering more smoke. Uh, Silver, 3344. It's an asset gathering year. Let's be honest. I, I'm i I'm ready. I think the, the question was asked uh, for one of our Hockey Podcast Network brethren. Um, it was, uh, I believe, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry if he, uh, if he listens. Ryan, I think, from uh, Grindline Podcast. Uh, threw that out there, and 60% uh, of you, when asked, uh, you know, is, is this it? Is this the end of the season? Are you still hanging on? 60% uh, said, yeah, it's over. So I Honestly, surpri I'm surprised at the 40% uh, that said, uh, yeah, we're, we're hanging on. This is There's still playoff hopes. And uh, look, God bless you. Um, I think I think the problem is is deeper than just like this episode is titled Detroit Red Wings fall deeper in the standings, which um, Mike, I got to say, do you, do you ever like 
you know, you buy like a jersey for a player and you kind of like form a bond, a bond that they will know nothing about, right? But you want to <laughs> see them do yeah. well. Same thing with like your fantasy football team. You draft a guy, you're secretly hoping he does well. Oh. If he plays against your team, but he scores a couple of, you know, touchdowns, gets some baskets, scores some goals. Let me tell you about like... DeMontis Sabonis on the Sacramento Kings. Woo-hoo-hoo! But yeah, go ahead. All right, but I, I'm about to bury myself here. Oh, I no. titled the episode last night. I was putting the notes together. Red Wings fall deeper in the standings. There was a little bit of me that was watching that game last night when we were going, you know, going to overtime with the Coyotes, and I was like, you know what? This title's going to mean a lot more if we lose to the Coyotes. <laughs> so I was kind of like, ah, there's a silver lining specifically for only Matt. Um, so yeah. Hmm. Ouch. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, uh, yeah, I outed myself for where oh, my priorities are at. God. Um, now, uh, others might argue the Red Wings have outed themselves uh, as who they really are. They, they, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really want to land on that. I don't, I don't want to turn in, turn this conversation into like, I think we look at this team and we know there's more firepower than there was last year. We've seen uh, Kubelik and uh, Perron kind of, the flame's been, it hasn't been completely doused, but it's come back. Perron recently is kind of lit up again. Um, but it's just the, the consistency's not there, and there isn't like that game in and game out. And and there those two names are great examples of guys who we know have upgraded this team significantly, talent-wise, production-wise. Like you saw it, you they passed the eyeball test. But they're not, they're not the elite guys well, that turn you around. Yeah, they around. they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. Uh, those right. are guys who should make your, you know, middle six uh, have have tons of depth and make it feel like you're an unstoppable juggernaut. Uh, you know, asking Kubelik, asking David Perron, you know, to still be, you know, your top line guys. I, you know, still, still that word uh, more applicable to Perron um, at at 34. But I just mean. <clears throat> This team is going to be at its best when those role players are are in role playing positions, um, and I mean having to count on those guys to, to act like it's reasonable to be asking you know thirty goals a piece from those guys is not you know I, I I don't think that's a fair ask. I think twenty goals a piece for for each of those guys is is much more in their wheelhouse. Um, this this season is a little scary because yeah when when you know when the players have commented on it. The coaches commented on it. Um, if they give a hundred percent effort, uh, they can keep up with anybody. And if they don't show that, they can lose to the whole league. Like they they don't have the top shelf talent. And you know, I I don't know if that means you want to blame you know Bertuzzi for not being a superstar. Um, you know, taking a look at Verana, who's you know getting scratched occasionally. He's got you know one assist in eight games for Grand Rapids, and this was a guy we thought start of the season man maybe he'll put in 40 goals this year you know I, um verona i, I don't want to like that is such a unique situation it's tough to judge it no i'm just saying like we were expecting those guys to contribute and oh you know yeah no i know what you're saying without upper echelon top six talent i this is what you're gonna get yeah i i mean it, it is something that um it's not to say that 
we're looking to like i know the argument has been out there for the last few years and um people are feel very strongly one way or the other this isn't like a comment on like dylan larkin doesn't fit as a 1c this is a comment that you don't have <laughs> you don't fill out your top six with one person um but certainly i think it's fair to say that we don't have that elite show-stopping goal scorer so you need a Dylan Larkin in your top six, but we don't. We just don't. I mean, we we saw it happen. I mean, we see it happen across the league, but we see it happen just with like, I hate to say it, because Line A is not the guy you want to land on for this argument. But that guy turned into like the show-stopping goal-scoring forward, at least against us. So there's that example. But of course, I mean, normally what you're talking about are the Austin Matthews. Now, to the Toronto Maple Leafs have a bunch of cups? No, but the Boston Bruins who have David Pasternak are well on their way. <laughs> and they're all they're all fighting at the top of the standings. The guy the teams that have the Kucherovs, the teams that have the Pasternaks, the teams so it's not like we're talking about only Connor McDavid, um who happens to be struggling. So it's it's a combined, you know, formula. It's not just one guy does it. There's a lot of things that have to go right. But I don't know if you're going to get – Mike, I'm going to use this because you, you like to reference basketball all the time. Like, I don't know if in hockey you're going to be able to, like, 2004 Detroit Pistons it. I mean, think about the Avalanche winning last year too. I mean, one of the greatest defenseman performances in the playoffs ever last year is what it took to get the Colorado Avalanche a Stanley Cup. And Kale McCarr, who will do this for years to come, but he also has Nathan McKinnon, who dogged Andrew Kopp a couple days ago, spun him into a, drilled him right into the ice, and then went on to <laughs> score a breakaway goal. Yeah. Um, Thoughtful, because um, it is actually uh, ice fishing season, just about. <laughs> so, very appreciative of that um, to Mr. Kopp. Um, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, when, it, when it's times like these... I, you know, you could turn to superstars and they're, they're that much better than everybody else on the ice. Um, we, we just don't have that. So that's is, is as many savvy moves as Iserman makes. I mean, those are all going to be, you know, on the peripheral and, you know, we love David Perron, but I, he's got to absolutely hit a home run with, you know, either a free agent or a trade for a top six guy. Uh, that's, that's really probably what's, going to make or break this team on whether or not um you know they actually make playoffs and win playoff series and uh i i, I hope they they're putting out a product out there that looks uh sexy and enticing to other teams i i don't know if we have that <laughs> um just because it looks like there are a lot of spots we got to fill up matt i mean it's it's this is always crazy to me i i love sharing this and like i how are, how are we in the bottom four in projected cap hit for the season still? Like, I know we have big contracts coming up. Uh, Cider and Lucas Raymond will get paid in a couple years. And it's just, like, that's that's a huge difference right there. there. There's teams that are spending, you know, a considerable amount more. And they're the ones, except for the Canadians there. Uh, but they're the ones that uh, for the last few years have been fighting in and out. Of course, uh, you know, some some exceptions up here. Vancouver, 
we don't know what the hell they're doing. Which, of course, we could come back to and talk about uh, how they've and asked I mean, for players like Tyler Bertuzzi recently in their press conference. Um, unless we fires, forget that, uh, you know, we invested about $9 million um, in, in cap money towards, uh, you know, Sherratt and Cop. So that number should be better. But uh, unfortunately, we're going to be eating that for the next five years. Yeah, um, I feel like... I did want to bring this up, and whoever's watching on YouTube probably saw the highlight on here. I, I did highlight because uh, I started sorting from the last month. You could see from December 16th to January 16th. Um, I was doing some – I was trying to figure out, like, what's going wrong with this team. And, um, you know, I keep mentioning, like, getting some more top six forward help. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't even going to talk about Soderblom, who actually walks away in the last month with our best expected goal for percentage. <laughs> A lot of that has to do with getting started in the offensive zone, so it's fair. Uh, I mean, I guess it's fair to ignore it. But, I mean – there's a guy that's relied upon in our top six, and we've been kind of, I, I will say, the more and more I see these conversations happening online, um, the more I wonder, like, what I'm missing. But from an analytics perspective here, Mr. Andrew Kopp, this is giving him two months of buffer, and like we've all talked about, it might take a whole season for Andrew Kopp to recover, but he's still... In the top six, and I don't know if a team that is saying, again, if Andrew Kopp is completely handicapped by this core injury, then that should say it all right there, that we're still putting him in the top six, uh, night in and night out in the lineup. But his expected goals for percentage, and we, we could talk about 39.24, but it's third worst on the team. Of course, um, this is hilarious. Robbie Fabry is the worst so far. Um but also, his expected goals against per 60, actually, I I'm just going to scan this real quick here. He's third on the team, and we have we have crowned him our two-way forward, our defensive forward. Um, now, what's the asterisk that goes along with this, Mike? He starts in the defensive zone 60% of the time. But so does a guy like Mort Sider, who's considerably higher than his expected goals for percentage like you have your guys that are required to start in the defensive zone and i think what we're seeing here is a couple of chances will get on net and then we can transition out of the zone which is just not cutting it and again if we want to say it's the core that's fine maybe he shouldn't be on the ice eating up all those minutes but i, I however you want to dice it this is an issue for me that you're one of your top six forwards Again, maybe he has to drag around guys. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but uh, this has been consistent. And throughout the season, if you pulled this for the full season, he's actually dead last. But I decided to see what was going on in just the last month because, again, the core injury was significant. But it's still it hasn't really improved. And it's, it's far and away like a, a tough expected goals against per 60 to digest here at three goals. Essentially, if he played 60 minutes, he'd give up three. And we've also all said, well, he's not a goal scorer because he's a two-way forward. Okay, that's fine. So we will expect significantly less offense from him, according to that argument. But I would hope that there would be significantly less defense. And statistically, it's not there. So while I'm trying to figure out what's going on with this team, 
a guy who is asked to play a significant role on this team, statistically, his numbers show that it's not benefiting us uh, while he's on the ice. More chances against. And not just more chances against, the third worst on the team. So... Uh, yeah, it's gotta, uh, it's it, it can out. be uh, if if there's anything more difficult than figuring out uh, somebody's defensive value in baseball, um, it's somebody's complete impact on an ice rink. Um, but I feel like we have enough deep cut numbers with Cop to to say that this has been a disappointing season. Um, and then on the eyeball test, it's. Uh, it doesn't give you a lot of confidence that you're about to see a goal go in or necessarily that you're going to see a, you know, successful stop. And I, the reason that I, I put them together is because I, I, I know that at every chance you like to besmirch the good name of Robbie Fabry. Um, <laughs> one of Iserman's boys who, uh, you know, he signed for another, I think we got three more Fabry years after this season. Um, and yeah, I, I, I can't really argue with these numbers. It's obviously a very, very tiny sample size. He's not been back for very long. But at the very least, I, I don't I think you can comfortably say that he's still an energy guy that you can count on and he's he's in the scrum of the play. Um he did help and take a punishing hit yesterday before he set up a suitor goal. Um I, I at least can see why I'm going to call this uh, almost like an old school scout. Why an old school scout could say, I want to have a Fabry on my team. I, I can see the glimmers of value, but cop he's, he's really, really making it tough this season. I, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely been disappointing. Yeah. And again, this isn't to say that there's like no hope for this, but I think if we're trying to connect the dots, like, I, I think that's part of the conversation here. I, I, I don't, I don't know if it's worthwhile to keep saying like, oh, but the core injury, that's that's not necessarily the argument I'm making is that there's no hope for cop. I'm, I think it's fair to say, though, at this point with the for what we brought him in and what we're counting on him to do. Statistically, it's not there right now. And I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty cool with saying that. I'm okay with it. No, that. I mean, a core injury is horrible. Um, I, I mean, a transit, like in baseball, you can't swing. Uh, football, you can't throw. Um, one of my favorite players, um, basketball, Lillard, had that. And it literally took, like, 10 points per game off his average. It, it's just – and he shut it down for months. Um, so, yeah, I mean, no no joke. That's That's got to be tough for a cop. But, I, it, I mean, unless it's still lingering effects. And I know hockey players are not real humans. Like, they just soldier on through pain. Um I, I don't know if they have to have a discussion with them. Be like, hey, do you need do you need a break? Do you need a blow? Because this is this is really uh, it's not great, Bob. <laughs> do we have a few comments on the on the oh, show? We, we we accidentally missed like ten minutes of comments here, so I, I apologize, everybody. <laughs> um, so we do know Jim is going to the game in Vancouver. I have no idea what the wings will look like when I see them in Vancouver. Uh, like I just mentioned, there was that press conference with Vancouver. We we don't know if maybe there'll be some wings and Canucks swapping. Again, uh, I believe it's it's Rutherford for the Canucks, Mike, made this comment. He's like, we're retooling, so we don't want to trade our stars for draft picks. We want to trade for guys that uh, 
are have made it through mm. their ELC. So uh, the one kind of weird rumor I saw that didn't make a lot of sense. I think it was Hov Horvat for Peronic. And I uh, that would that would be a really tough move for me because he's been so much better, you know, this season. Like somebody could count on on special teams and his five on five plays pretty pretty good. Yeah, he's still I, I totally agree. He still had his moments this year where you're like, hey, that's the Heronic from last year. What happened to the guy with the stash? Uh but <laughs> he does need to bring that stash back. Yeah. For sure. Uh if Larks gets traded, this is Tristan. Uh, I trust Iserman to get an absolute haul for him. That being said, I obviously want to keep him Woo, here. Tristan. Tristan, you know what? That's a that's an interesting conversation. I also agree that I want to keep him here. What kind of haul? Mike, you are trading Dylan Larkin. It's happening. Oof. Is this two first-round picks? I gotta tell you, if you're trading Larkin, even though this and, is a, a, a yeah. contract year, you got to get a monster. I'm talking like four firsts, because you're gonna be trading them to a team that's now getting a top line center, and they're gonna be so good; those draft picks are gonna be trash. So <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what the value of those firsts are. Like you would absolutely have to include young people, like prospect, like top prospects. I, I can't take the 25th, 26th, 23rd you know, first rounder that, that is not, that yeah. is setting this team back so far. It's, it's, it's hard to stomach. You almost have to have the conversation with yourself. Like, are, are we just going to trade for like similar talent? Like if, the, if this is like the, the whole uh, Horvat uh, conversation, like if you're talking about moving him to just <sighs> a different space, but even then, like, You'd rather keep the guy you've been building yourself, and you know you've been building a relationship with. So I, I like there, you would have to oof. win the Horvat trade with like something added on top, kind of thing. You know, I. Um, what if, if this was, team moves, if, if this team Larkin moves Larkin, that Quinn adds like Hughes. eight years to the rebuild. What if it's still Larkin for Quinn Hughes? And then the Canucks know they're going to lose Horvat in the offseason. They try and trade him. And they're also doing their silly little retool rebuild. So they want Quinn Hughes. They want to give us Quinn Hughes, and we'll take Dylan Larkin. I don't know. I I, I find it tough to, like, jump in and say, absolutely not. Um, I want to think about it. That's my answer. I'd want to think about it. Uh, what about Am Horvat and how about Horvat and Pedersen? I I think Pedersen is the one guy they're not going to move. Damn it! I know. Yeah, if we give wanna, me yeah, uh, give me for Larks right for Pedersen. for Larks and Bertuzzi. <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was interested if we were going to get Bertuzzi into these trade conversations. Okay, here we go. Um, let's start this over because we were looking at some of the comments and I immediately got distracted. Um. Matt B, I wouldn't mind seeing Bertuzzi gone at the deadline and Larkin too if he's going to be greedy. Can, greedy? Can I jump on that, please? Yeah. Listen, they have treated this <laughs> poor bastard like crap for what five years now. Look, we're not going to surround you with the team. Uh, we're going to give you a lot of coaches who make Muppet face. 
And, uh, yeah, hopefully you can be the only person that we feel we can count on offensively, arguably defensively, all three facets of the, of the game. And, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to bring in Andrew Kopp to back you up and Ben Sherratt and eat up a lot of cap space so that uh, we can't bring in any good players. How do you feel about that? I feel like you have to be the opposite. There's no way he's being greedy. I think he's like, dude, you have to show, I, I need to show my, I need some self-respect. I, I can't stay here and take a hometown discount. That Like, you you owe me for what you've done these past couple seasons. This this is embarrassing. This 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 town was, you know, supposed to be centered around hockey. And now it's, you know, just gives you indigestion to watch this product sometimes. No, I, I don't think he's greedy. I think you're going to have to overpay to keep him. Um, and I just mean market-wise, you know, statistically, because he's only barely a point-of-game guy. You know, you don't want to be spending, you know, 10 mil a season on him. But, I, man, if you let him go, woo, there is a, a huge void on this team, leadership-wise, um, point-wise, defensive-wise, uh, locker-room-wise. That is a giant hole. I feel like you kind of got to give him a reward contract at this point. I, I don't think he's being greedy by not having a contract done yet. I, I got to say it's the opposite. The Red Wings have been very greedy um, and selfish and not really helped this guy out. This, I, I as far as a Detroit injustice, it, it would be up there with, you know, Calvin Johnson. Did you see the and the uh, Lions? Go ahead. Did you see the Dom Luce Chisholm uh, player cards? No. So uh, for everybody watching on YouTube, we can blow this up a little bit here. Uh, one of the things that Dom does is he does uh, provide a market value. And basically what he's saying for every team is what's the surplus value you're getting. Mm-hmm. He does, like based, like statistically, and this is over the last three years. So we know, like over the last couple of years, Dylan's really gone into beast mode and deboss mode, as I like to put it. Um, but the market value is at $8.5 million right now. No, I think he's at $8.5 million based on his stats. I don't think there's any arguing that. I, I'm basically adding another you know, million and a half a year as an apology for how terribly we've constructed this team to actually win. He's not even oh, able to lose yeah. playoff series. He's not even in the playoffs. Right, and I'm not, I'm not challenging your way of thinking. I'm just wondering if now that, uh, since we have like a, a statistic to start with, uh if we wanted to adjust because i know we were talking like i i landed on nine and a half so now i'm gonna be i i'm overpaying just like you're saying is that still where you want to land considering there's somebody who did the math for us uh yeah i mean nine and a half you know a little bit more conservative i think 10 is probably what his agent should ask for and he should just show up year by year by year statistics of the red wings win loss record I do have to say that that puts so then um, he'll be thirty six, still getting paid ten million a year. I didn't say a ten year deal. I did say ten or, mil uh, per. Wait, did I do that math right? I did yeah. not. He'll be thirty five. Can I pay eight him years, up to the? Can I pay him up years. to the David Perron part of his career? And then <laughs> sure. think about it, and then reassess. Not that I don't want him, but I want to reassess. This is select. we we have like a half hour worth of comments that we have to go through. We we need see we if need we can pe- see if we can our, pepper a few in there. Our our hot takes are about ten minutes long for each one of these comments. <laughs> um, 
Silver thrown out there. If Iserman is to be criticized, uh, uh, criticized on anything, it's contract amounts given out so far. Too generous for what he's gotten in return, aside from Kubelik. So that's that's actually interesting too, because if we we could pull this right back up, um, you've got surplus value on Larkin, of course Lucas, and that's gonna go away pretty soon. Uh, Peron got a little bit more surplus there. Tyler just a smidgen. Again, his contract's up, as we all know. Uh, Bergren. Hey, the dancing surplus. bear. I like it. <laughs> uh, cop. Ooh, not good. <laughs> Surprise perfect uh perfect profile 4. photo for that that ranking there <laughs> <laughs> just kind of a you know a sad muppet face uh kubelik surplus 1.2 million and again don't forget like we know how great kubelik's been uh especially at the start of this season but this is three years uh puce in the negatives adina deep in the negative uh rasmussen right up there just a little little extra surplus fabry in the negative mike that one's a little tough because you can't even count. Whatever. Go ahead. I don't want to. Can't make this we another can't... Fabry episode. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We're only counting what he did. We're not over counting anything. All right. Jesus. Uh, Sunny. Negative. Cider. Just Whoa. barely. Woo. His market value right now, $1.5 million. Uh, again, according to Dom, who's chosen, so we're saying... From an advanced analytics perspective, um, Heronic surplus value four point eight million. <laughs> you know what though? If you linger on that, uh, I see the stash in that picture. So, oh, you keep true. that stash up. That's a nine mil a season guy. Yeah, we, you almost want to call this inaccurate an inaccurate data table because of the stash. Uh, bench rot, Mike. Oh, <laughs> market oh, value oh, no. minimum. Negative six point eight million. Wow. Uh Olimata. Still in the negative, but that's of course taking into consideration the last three seasons. Uh Osterly in the negative. Wallman killing it, my man. Uh, good job. I like yeah, let's, it. Let's extend Wallman. Uh <laughs> Huso in the negative. Nadalkovich deep in the negative. He's actually worth like he's he's at league minimum. His surplus value is negative five million right now. Yikes. Remember when we All were right. concerned that when he was put on waivers, somebody would pick him up? <laughs> I mean, I'm not giving up on Nadelkovich. I, I, that's Me still... neither. I'm just, that's a lot of money to eat if he's going to be, you know, in the minors. True. All right, guys, uh, we will be right back. We'll reset and um, we'll get back into. Keep chopping uh, up the bit at those uh, comments because we're excited to get to them here in a second. Yeah, that's pretty much, I think, the rest of this episode is us just trying to finish up going through all these comments. Uh, so I'll figure out where I left Without off. Without further ado, uh, <laughs> we'll be right back. NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to the Super Bowl 57 and for the NFL division round. Check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. All right, I don't know about you guys. It's going to be pretty tough to find anybody that can take down San Fran. So if you want to use that little bit of knowledge, I, I don't know. You 
you can, you don't have to. We're not telling you to bet. Just uh, have fun with DraftKings. Download this DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, we are back. We got to dive into those comments. Yeah, Bradley threw one out there. I really don't I really don't doubt Lark stays. Iserman really likes him. I wanted to point this out and then Bradley says uh, Larkin and Bert are going to stay. And there's some other comments tied to this I want to come to. But Bradley yeah. says Iserman really likes him. I don't know if I could put a finger on what Steve is ever thinking ever <laughs> um so i don't know if i can if i could confidently say that he likes larkin the only thing i know that you know steve I mean? likes is mystery yeah um but uh the no bradley I, I don't think you're wrong about that um assessment you know obviously i agree with matt too that uh, well, we don't know anything about really eiserman ever gives us a straight answer but um i think he understands the value of larkin um but i'm also a little curious to see how he negotiates this deal and again i i the 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 point that i think is harder is to try and make larkin happy um because he's gonna have a ton of suitors there's not a lot of top centers going on the market um and wherever he goes you're gonna go up a level um so I think I think that's the harder side of the equation. I, I don't I don't think for a second the Red Wings are like bye. You know we'll find another way to replace you, Larks. Um, that's that's an incredible hole that you'd have to fill. So I, I think the I think there's more pressure on the Red Wings side than there is you know Larkin whether or not he wants to stay here. Uh, Dan B throws out there. Please name me another center who plays on a team as lacking of talent as the Red Wings who you want over Larkin. That I think right to your point is why I pulled up that comment. Yeah. Um, it's it it is really tough to to figure out like how I mean like we started this conversation about trying to fill out a top six, and we love Larkin. We've labeled him as a one C over and over and over and over. But that doesn't mean that you have Kucherov. You know what I mean? Like we know. We want Larkin to be the center that takes us into the playoffs. We also know, Mike, as you said today, you gotta you gotta tell Larkin that you believe in him. And if that happens with a contract number, that's what that's and if that's what he needs, then that's what you gotta do. Cause I think there there's there's so like that's not to say that you can't have a trade conversation about Dylan Larkin. Mike, your official stance right now. On Dylan Larkin, keep him or let him go. We'll just get this out of the way. You absolutely have to keep him. There's, I, I don't think you can. You'll lose whatever trade you try to do. Sorry. Right, and I, I'm I'm on the same boat. You absolutely got to do whatever you got to do to keep him. Um, so that's just to say, any conversation about trying to find that next level guy means that this is just that added bonus for Larkin. It's that thing that's we'll we'll see like Larkin become the captain, you know, like he'll be surrounded by exactly what he needs. I mean, I'm just, we can't forget we're all Red Wings fans. 
It's not like Steve Eiserman carried that team by himself. He was the leader. Yeah, he had like he 12 Hall of Famers sport. with him. Exactly. Um, now, can you do a 12 Hall of Famer team again? I mean... Well, he made some trade, uh, some shrewd uh, draft picks of the fourth round with Red Savage. Like, come on. You need some Hall of Famers, man. Or, I mean, you know, upper echelon talent. That's the thesis of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Red could be. We don't, we don't want to say... We're just, yeah, maybe, yeah maybe. let's just stop getting, you know, I, I think the difference makers aren't necessarily all going to come from the draft or like, let me, let me, let me take that statement back. It's very possible they come from the draft. Uh, I think we just need to start like being more realistic that every guy that we do draft isn't necessarily going to become a superstar because he did a deke in college hockey and put one in the back of the net. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now this is what I've been saying for, I think, the last couple of months. So I'm on board with you here, Jim. Jim says, you never know. Stevie could sign Larkin at the last minute like he did with Stamkos. Now, when I first decided to adopt this take, uh, I was stealing it from Elliot Friedman, who made the comment. Um, this is, of course, when he was talking about how how quickly he thought the Red Wings would actually trade David Perron. Uh, because his trade value is so high earlier in the season. But then he was asked about Dylan Larkin's contract, and he said, Dylan's not going anywhere. Like, this is just how Steve Eiserman does it. We're not going to get any read on him until you're reading in the newspaper the next morning that Dylan Larkin has signed the contract. And again, like I said, I have adopted this take. I think we are going up to the wire, and Dylan Larkin will sign right before free agency, just like Mr. Stamkos. I think we all remember that day because I was very, 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 very sad because I thought Stammer was, was coming over to give us a couple more years of, of playoff hopes, but uh, it didn't happen. Anyway, point being, we don't, like, going back to, um, oh, what did, was that uh, Bradley that said, you know, Eisenman really likes him. I can't say yay or nay on that, but we can say we've, we, like, Eiserman has a track record on what to do with his superstar forwards uh, when he knows it's important to keep him, and it's a tough contract that he's got to he's got to take care of. So I, th I mean, down the line, you're going to have contracts with the likes of Cider, where it's going to be a blank check sort of situation, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, you know. I, I'm trying not to keep repeating myself, but I do it. We, these uh, these points about you know the the you know the eyeballing each other across the room, like hey handsome, hi pretty boy, like I I know that he likes being here. I know that it's probably a lot easier for him to you know just keep living in Michigan and you know going to work in Michigan. I just don't. I don't. I don't think the you know fans of our show are saying this, but I just don't want to take it for granted that, you know, he has that hometown relationship. I just don't want to hear about a hometown discount. I, I, I think that this guy has earned, you know, a pretty substantial raise. Um, I think he's earned being paid like a top player in the NHL. And then outside of that, I think that this, he's earned this team management wise, taking some more chances to try and make them competitive. And and I and I don't think that that means signing, you know, a 28-year-old, you know, career second third line mostly defensive center or a, you know, 
30 plus year old defenseman that nobody's really given a lot of value to because he's statistically never done it before. And then when you sign him to a four-year deal, he's not very good. Those aren't the risks I'm talking about. It, it would have to be, you know, are we going to, is this the off season we look at signing a guy who's also worth about 10 million a season um, trading first round picks because we could use some good win now players, you know, for some teams that are, supposedly further down the totem pole rebuild wise i that those are the risks i'm talking about like trading firsts for now talent that kind of trade signing a big time free agent that's what i'm talking about well you're not gonna like what tristan was hoping we'd take a peek at oh boy <laughs> draft prospects uh, tristan new york islanders acquired dylan larkin jesus 24 second round pick uh detroit acquires 2023 first round pick atu ratu and anthony uh anthony bolivia uh bovillier sorry i i always struggle with that name now i had a i had a fetish for uh atu for a long time but matt uh I, I don't know anthony i'm sorry so my boy what are we looking at right now five foot eleven 181 pounds he's 25 um, let's just run down the last couple of years here. So, <sighs> where's his first season? 16, 17, he played 66 games, 24 points, 36 points, 28 points, 39, 28, 34, and uh, 18 so far this can year. I, can I say the word uh, whelmed? <laughs> right. How about no? Yeah, Tristan, that, that definitely... That's a wild undersell. Yeah, that's yeah. a wild undersell, I think. You would not be giving up a second round pick and you'd be getting a couple more firsts. About no. Yeah. I don't know, Tristan. That one, like there's there's pieces to it, but um yeah, there's gotta be a lot more there. Uh yeah. we'll keep spitballing that one. There was uh some other comments. I did I took so long to find Tristan's trade, so I'm sorry there, Tristan. We missed it a while ago. Um Blake throws out there, he loves goalies who swallow pucks. Well, Blake, they all wear headgear. Um I don't have a mask on. It's gonna be I don't know tough. if he means like uh yeah. we had a couple goals that were kind of pinball carom yeah, goals. It's a, it's a rebound um <laughs> Yeah, the uh like I, I was talking about, we were joking before the show about, would you rather have Simon Edmondson or Dylan Gunther? Um, just because Gunther's already in the NHL and, you know, he's now he's got a couple goals to his name. Uh, but he got, you know, super duper lucky on that pinball carom, you know, just kind of fell right in his face. And then he, you know, got to slap in a wide open net. Um, but yeah, I I feel like Huso is pretty good at absorbing. Am I wrong on that one? No, I'm I'm a fan of of who. So I think uh, what we saw this is what sucks. We're playing the same game we played with the Nadelkovich last year. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean we went two and a half months of great hockey, and then things just kind of fell apart. And uh, I don't know. Do we have just two backup goaltenders? Of course, Ned kind of proved to us so far this season. We have three been... backup goaltenders. Oh. <laughs> is yeah, that what you were going for? No, no, no. Um, because yeah, we do have three backup goaltenders, maybe. But yeah, who like who so right now? It, it, like it, 
it's definitely falling apart. And we saw the same thing at the same point last year. Like where we were in December saying, man, could you imagine if <sighs> Nadelkovic wasn't leading the league and goals saved above expected? And now... It's because it's emotional. Kinda... When this team, you know, when they were hot, it's because, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier. They were all yeah. given 100% effort. Uh, we weren't completely killed by injuries. And you just play a little bit harder. Your pass is a little bit crisper. You, you see the saves a little bit easier. The defensive coverage comes out a little bit cleaner but because you have that extra burst of energy. But, God damn, when you start losing a couple games in a row and you're like, this is the same shit as the past couple seasons. <laughs> it's just re- I, I can't not stop making this point. Like, it's going to be about getting a couple of elite players in here, like, to play with Larkin. Yeah, it's 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 going to be that because they're going to be able to carry you. They're going to be able to give you that burst because they're going to be able to do things and make them look easier. Um, I, I think they're fine. I think they figured out depth. I think they figured out good depth players, but yeah, this team needs to take some risks management wise, roster wise. I mean, when you look at the standings, there are teams like Carolina Dallas and, and Winnipeg come to mind where you're not you don't have like the straight up Pasternak to look at and say there there's your super duper star. Um you know what I mean? I mean they have elite players, but there there isn't like the for sure you know, Toronto, obviously, Austin Matthews, you have the Mitch Murners. Even New Jersey this year with Hughes kinda having his, his coming out party, even though that, that kinda happened last year, but um I you mean, know, aren't we going to be, you know, uh, are we going to be flirting with the idea of uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois? I mean, it's not like Winnipeg is, like, completely devoid. I mean, you know, Perfetti, Wheeler, Connor. No, yeah, they're not void. I, like I said, they have elite talent. Sam Gagne. Hmm. Yeah, of course. Gags. Good old gags. <laughs> not to, not to uh, mention uh, Hellebuck. I mean. Yeah, I want. I just, it's so tough to like put a finger on like what is the formula, but I mean, you can just go back and look at the Stanley Cup winners and talk about the Pittsburghs in their day. We know what they look like. Damn it all to hell, the Chicago's. Um, I mean, and then we've been watching Tampa kill it. The Avs just decided last year like everything was coming together. Finally, they weren't going to blow it in the playoffs, and they were going to go and win a Stanley Cup. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe you could point to, like, a St. Louis that was focused more defensively. And, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly's a, a an amazing hockey player, but, you know, that wasn't – and his playoff performance certainly deserved a con Smythe uh, when just... St. Louis Blues won the Cup. But it wasn't – it's not like I – don't, I don't put Ryan O'Reilly and Austin Matthews in that same conversation. So I'm, I guess I'm just trying to make the point. It is it is possible to like build a different way than to have your MVP I, candidate. Yeah, I just I don't. It's just so frustrating to like look at Winnipeg and they're not they're not world beaters by any means, but I mean they're top four points guys would all lead the Red Wings. They're top four. Yeah, and no, like you're right, you're right. Handily. So I I don't know. I it, no, they just right. need some more top top level guys. Um, did you have a few more comments you want to take a look at? Uh, Tristan did uh, have one in here. Uh, of course, Bushelnikov, who we brought up a couple of times. He's actually back in the conversation because uh, Verona being scratched in Grand Rapids, Anthony Mantha was a scratch. So you look at the other two pieces that were moved. 
Um, and you're talking about the first round pick and a second round pick that Detroit uh, got, and Bushelnikov is one of those pickups. So that's um, that's a guy who's done quite well. Is it the v- like not the KHL, but like the VHL, I think, um, if I am remembering correctly. And I do apologize there. There's somebody that's tearing their hair out right now because I don't remember the younger, the step down league of uh, the KHL, the Russian league. But um, yeah, the kid has hands. It's just like I wanted to bring this up because it's like, Tristan, this is a great point. This is a kid that you do want to get excited about, um, but it also isn't like undeniable. You know what I mean? Like, it's an undeniable fact that we want to get to that point. This guy in the top six, we can count on him. These are the moments that you want to turn on the game and get excited. Um, There was another point, too, that, you know, like, we loved our first line the last couple of years statistically, like from an advanced analytics perspective. Specifically uh, last season, right, with Lucas, Bertuzzi, and Larkin. Yeah, and uh, Jim brought up a good point, too. Bert's injuries are starting to catch up with him. I'm wondering, number one, this is absolutely going <laughs> to – the Burt's season this year is killing his contract opportunity. <laughs> like, yeah, he couldn't have picked a worse time, man. Yeah. Like, you got to get out there and start – you got to get that bag, son. Start getting, <laughs> start lighting that lamp, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things. The timing was terrible for Tyler. Um, I think what it, the market value right now for Tyler is $5.4 million according to uh, Dom Luce-Chizen. But man, does that look like a guy who, I mean, the turnovers uh, have just been rampant anytime he's back on the ice. And I, I wonder too, if he keeps getting rushed back uh, because it, it, when, when he has come back now the second time, it is just a different Tyler Bertuzzi. And I think we saw a flash of a better looking Tyler Bertuzzi when he was going headfirst into the net a couple of games ago. But yeah, there's still, even, even when he's playing aggressive, um, and kicking his leg out, like I shared on Twitter, uh, there's still, there's still some of the easy mistakes are being made. And, um, yeah, and I, yeah, I know he's, I know, gotta, he's like, uh, I know he's not a defenseman, but he looked pretty rough on that third goal yesterday too. Yeah. Tristan, Dom is full of it. No, he's <laughs> running tables. He's not, there's no tables. There. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what does he do, Mike? tables <laughs> i like sneezy wheezy is calling out according to dom mo is only going to cost 1.5 per year lol yeah <laughs> i mean it's not a perfect system but it's a tool to help you figure out you know what's going on there okay um i gotta admit like i'm i'm sweating right now because i i actually we had to record tonight because we've had a terrible um that happens. String yeah. of like consistency. So now uh, you're just out of shape. Like we got to get you back into recording right. shape. I but I, I have a terrible sore throat right now, and I could actually feel the beads of sweat coming down my head because I think I'm just getting sick again. <laughs> Matt, that's not sweat. That's the the new four pack of Two Hearted IPA uh, blends. I don't know if you've seen those. I'm very excited to try those on the show. Yes, uh, this is a nice little comment I liked. Uh, Blake threw out there, we have too many third-line centers. I saw earlier, Oh, got him! I saw earlier the mention we have too many third-pair uh, defensemen. Um, you know, one thing, I think... Uh, I we lead the league in third-line centers, Blake. We're cooking. 
We do have one positive thing to discuss recently. Oh, yeah. The um, Wallman. Yeah, the, the replacement was... of Ben Sherrod on the first pair. We, that's how long we've been out. Wallman has taken... I like that the there's all those articles written about we've... Uh, Cider, finally turning a corner. Yeah, because he's playing with a real hockey player now. <laughs> and so complimentary. Like, the ridiculousness that... Oh, uh, Cider can't be Cider if he doesn't have a big bruiser next to him. And Jake Wallman comes into play. Who's very aggressive? He's you know he's more like the junkyard dog. He's smaller than Ben Chirac, but oh my God, having that guy who's gonna wheel around and get a shot off, new NHL, right yeah. there. Anybody that is still like oh we need oh we need we need guys that can put up their dukes and who could play physical. I New NHL right here, guys, working. Jake Wallman. Is making Wallman, cider better has Wallman been Wall so good that Eiserman should come <laughs> out and give a public apology for signing Sherratt? And it's, uh, slowing the uh, uh, the the growth in Mo Sider's career. I mean, Both of those doesn't things. It, doesn't it suck that you, you figure you've got four years of Sherratt, you've got a Wallman who stepped up, and you're still looking to fit in Albert Johansson and Simon Edmondson into this lineup. Yeah. And it's like, there there was the point that Jim made earlier. There, it, was, it was like, the, the issue is like, these contracts are too long and they're too, there's too much money he's throwing around. Like, it would have been fine to have Ben Sherratt, but his... I don't think it's the the length, though. Because the way the NHL contracts usually come in, th these, these bozos are signing mortgages. Seven, ten-year deals, you know. I, yeah. I don't think that four and five, those... I think at the start of the season, we were like, okay, those are pretty reasonable lengths. The problem is who they pick to give it to. <laughs> I don't, if in this, in this NHL, if you can get guys for four years, woo, I don't know what kind of voodoo you're doing in that negotiating room. It's just that we picked the wrong people. Hey, Tristan's got uh, some good news. As, uh, hey, cool. Tonight. So now we're only a couple. That is big news. That's his first goal in nine Grand Rapids games. That's good. Yeah, that's huge. You, you. Uh, I guess the night before, or no, this was on Monday. He had uh, odd man rush, went slap shot, um, which is Verana knowing exactly what he does best. Uh, didn't go in, but uh, that was labeled as like McIntyre. I think was the goalie for their uh, for the Griffins opponent, and uh, that was labeled as one of his top saves of the night. Which I think the game ended two to one. Um, <laughs> Of course, that's me reading a game recap. I did not watch that game. But, yeah, it's good to see Verana getting a rip, uh, finding space to get uh, open on Monday, and now Verana getting a goal tonight. I'm very interested to see what that highlight looks like. Um, here's Jim again. We, ha we have too many third-pair D. So, yeah, you've got your, your Osterly, your Lindstroms that just will not be a part of this team. I mean, you know, moving forward. Uh, the Schrats. And, um, you know, I just can't, I can't for the life of me get too thrilled about Olimata because things haven't really been consistent as we've moved forward. I think maybe we crowned him as like the saving grace for our defense a little too quickly. Yeah, I mean, He's not that's terrible. a guy, yeah, that's, I mean, that was a guy who's playing with uh, Heronic, you know, the $9 million right. man, so... And and to the point of having too many third pair D, I mean, when we set up our lineups, we were all putting him on the third pair. So it's not like <laughs> we could come back to the Olimata conversation here and be like, look, Olimata's good. Really sure. good. 
He's a real good third pair defenseman. <laughs> I mean, real good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that uh, that leaves us with Hironic, who uh, we traded away earlier in the comments. I don't know if you remember that, Mike. Uh, Mo Sider <laughs> and Jake Wallman. So we've got three defensemen. Feels pretty. So all you need. So all you need to be a bottom third team in this league, you know. <laughs> Yeah, Jared throws out there. This is this is the key to everything. Ronick needs that stash back. I don't. If I don't they go on, like... if he does, and they go on a five game winning streak, I mean, he can never shave it again. Right. <laughs> I I think teams should lean into those types of superstitions more. I think it's good TV. It's good marketing. You know, and it, it's it's just good fun. If uh, was it uh. Was it Bull Durham when they when they made that conclusion that if you think that wearing ladies' undergarments makes oh you God, a better right. pitcher, then it does make you a better pitcher? And it's like, dude, you've grown that mustache. You were like the best version of yourself ever. ever. Why wouldn't you just keep the mustache? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. So what did he – he did it for uh, Movember, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. You can keep that going. Yeah. I would bring it back. I have, I have a bunch of friends at work that are very excited about their participation in, in dry January um, and talk about it all the time. And I'm just like, I got kids. So it's like dry January, dry February, dry March, dry April. So oh, I got, I got kids. I got wet January, yeah, wet February, no, soaking March. Yeah, drenched <laughs> April, you know. Uh, Blake throws out there, Major League. That I was thinking Major League 2, not Major League 2. T-O-O, but it was Nuke that had the ladies' underwear to get his mind unfocused, and it was uh, Major League where they all, I think, did... no, wait, no, it was the natural where they all put lightning bolts on their jersey. We're mixing up the three, the only three baseball movies you guys ever need to worry about, Bull Durham, The Natural, and uh, Major League. How would you rank those, Mike? I think a lot of people would be upset we didn't say The Sandlot, but... I'm not, I, I've never watched it. Um, Probably in that order. Bull Durham, Major League. And what was the third one? The Natural. There you go. <laughs> so that one's not... I mean, it's right. got cool moments, but yeah, I like the other two a lot better. Anyway, um, we're pushing an hour here. Yeah, was there any last go. points we were going to try and touch on? Um, all right, Hronik needs his beard back. Uh, Dylan Arkin needs a contract, but I think we're waiting till, uh, I think we're waiting till after we decide who a Stanley Cup champion is. Uh, not that that matters, but I think Steve's just playing hardball. Um, how else do we wrap up this show? Jake Wallman's the man. Sherrod uh, is a big bag of garbage. And I, you, uh, uh, you took me back to the 19, uh, 1998 hit, uh, Liar Liar. You want to play hardball? I'm gay. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, I think it's time we wrap up, guys. Matt's actually getting the chills now. So, uh, oh, getting the John Travolta's over there. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> uh, if you guys could hit that like button real quick, uh, I greatly appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back with you guys next week. We'll watch some. <sighs> we'll watch some more hockey. See what happens. And luckily, uh, the Yotes aren't on the schedule again. Good God! Don't. Yeah, maybe we'll go back into the. Mm -hmm. You know. Hopefully you guys DVR'd that uh, Toronto game. Just watch that again. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, let's say we'll do another micro dissection of what's going on with the Red Wings next week. Uh, so come prepared with your highlights, ladies and gentlemen. All right. See, now Jared throws out there right before we go. Glad to see Mike didn't die from the flu. I had the flu. Me. Mike was perfectly fine, and I'm getting sick again, damn it. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Jared, I'm I appreciate the sentiment. All right. God bye. damn it. <laughs>